only the best run here at the Indianapolis 500. Mario, who do you feel you'll have to beat in this year's race? People like uh, A.J. Foyt and uh, Bobby Unser, for instance. Stand by for the checkered flag. Absolutely incredible. Danny Sullivan spun in front of Mario Andretti. A.J. has done it. Beyond the Bricks with Jay Query and Mike Thompson on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. It is race week once again in Indianapolis as we have now the emergence of the IndyCar series and, of course, as well, Cup coming to run the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It is the first time for Brickyard Weekend that the road course will be involved with the cup cars. And when you think about inaugural events in Indianapolis, when it comes to stock cars, the very first to call Jeff Gordon's win back in 1994 for the Brickyard 400 was, of course, Bob Jenkins. And you heard Kurt and Kevin talking about the immeasurable loss of not only a broadcast icon and friend of motorsports, but a truly truly genuine soul and just dear, dear individual in Bob Jenkins. Uh, good evening to you. My name is Jake Query. Mike Thompson is here as well. This is Beyond the Bricks. We will do this all week as we did in the month of May, taking a look at the personalities and the people that make the Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, what it is or that the Indianapolis Motor Speedway helped make them who they are. And Mike, the reality is this. I had said this before, and I will say it again probably many times. There are millions of people whose lives they feel were enriched by the Indianapolis 500. There is a very short list of people whose lives enriched the 500 itself. Bob Jenkins was one of those, not only an iconic broadcaster, uh, but also, I don't know that you could find a more humble and genuine individual. Oh, I, I agree. And and when you think of people who are in the Hall of Fame, and we'll talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame, I hope, later on, because that was such a huge honor for, for Bob when he went in. But when you think of Hall of Famers, I think of Hall of Famers in a couple different levels. There's your, your Hall of Fame talent and then Hall of Fame people. Bob Jenkins, as great as he was as an announcer, was an even greater person. Um, and and I, I wasn't as nearly as close to Bob as, as you were. I mean, Bob and I were friends, but but you were you were much closer, I know, to Bob. But but it's an immeasurable loss. And and it's because Bob was one of us. Uh, Bob was 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 just the guy who you know, he got to do what you and I have done, Jake, which is, you know, he he grew up loving racing and, and he felt so fortunate to be in the position he was to be the voice of the 500 and to be the guy on ESPN with Benny and Ned and Larry Newber and, and just that guy who loved racing, who got to call all these races and bring them home to people like me who were watching in, you know, at home with my dad every week on ESPN. And he never... You know, he never put himself on any kind of pedestal. I mean, I, I saw him with so many fans who came up and would tell him, you know, I loved, you know, your call of this race. And he would stand there and talk to them about those races. And he never put himself on any kind of a pedestal. He just he he considered himself a race fan every single day. And and that's one of the things I loved about Bob Jenkins. So for those of you who may not be familiar it's hard to, to you know, I mean, there are, I'm sure, those who may say, well, I knew a little about Bob Jenkins, but I don't know exactly the man you're talking about. Tonight, over the course of this program, 
I hope to shed light on who Bob Jenkins was as a person. But before we do that, let's take a look at who Bob Jenkins was as a broadcaster. The following was produced by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and released by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, voiced by another individual who I know was close with Bob Jenkins, Dave First, the former sports director at WRTV, who, of course, is now with IndyCar. This is a career retrospective on the incredible accomplishments and contributions to motorsports of Bob Jenkins. We all know the famous call. Coming to the finish line, Bob Jenkins, who's going to win? We've heard it countless times. The checkered flag is out. Goodyear makes a move. Little Al wins by just a few tenths of a second. Bob Jenkins helped create history that day on May 24th, 1992. Making that type of goosebump-inducing call came after years and years of working in the motorsport industry and perfecting his broadcasting craft. Good evening, everybody. I'm Bob Jenkins. Bob was born in 1947 and grew up in Liberty, Indiana, and attended Indiana University. As a true Hoosier, Bob fell in love with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as a kid. I was 12 years old. It was one of those days in which uh, I did indeed fall in love with and have never been able to kick whatever bit me that day. <laughs> Bob's first TV appearance was for NBC, covering the inaugural kart race in March of 1979. That same year, he started with both ESPN and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network when he called his first Indy 500. Bob Jenkins, welcome to the Speedway Network. Thank you, Paul. A pleasure to be on the world's greatest network. The cars have just passed by me on this parade lap, and it's a sight that you can see a dozen times. But every year, it sends chills from head to foot. Wait a minute. Am I really supposed to be here? I'm about to be on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network and being heard by millions and millions of people around the world, and not only that, but get to witness live the greatest spectacle in racing. His career really took off in 1983 when the long-running weekly show Speed Week first aired on ESPN. Hi everyone, I'm Bob Jenkins. Welcome to our premiere Speed Week show. He hosted Speed Week for 14 years and they covered everything, from stock cars to off-road racing. They would send tape or that film to us. We would watch it, we would write stories, we would edit it and we had only four people. So I think that says some, something for the people that we did hire for that show. Along with Speed Week, Bob was also part of other dirt racing projects through the years, like the very popular show Thursday Night Thunder, which later turned into Saturday Night Thunder. You've never seen anything like this that you're gonna see tonight. He anchored NASCAR and ESPN from 1981 to 2000. He was on hundreds of NASCAR broadcasts where he was in the booth for many iconic moments. It's Richard Petty's final ride. He was part of the broadcast crew for the inaugural Brickyard 400 in 1994. Now joining us today for live coverage is the most experienced TV race caller in NASCAR, Bob Jenkins. Hello everyone from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Bob left ESPN and continued to work in different roles for Versus, NBCSN, and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, all covering IndyCar and the Indianapolis 500. He retired in 2012 from NBCSN and left TV after 34 years to help take care of his wife, Pam, who ultimately lost her battle with cancer later that year. 
this will be my final year doing television motorsports. Even though he retired from TV, Bob couldn't stay away from the Speedway and the Indy 500 for long. I'll tell you something that makes me cry unashamedly are the moments just before the start with the singing of Back Home Again in Indiana, the playing of taps, and all the other things that go into those pre-race ceremonies. Bob kept his role as part of the IMS public address team from 2013 through the 2020 season. There's nothing like a Bob Jenkins' voice to make a race fan feel like they're in the right spot in the month of May. Over the years, Bob was able to do things at IMS that he'd only dreamed of back in 1960 when he first fell in love with the Speedway. He drove A.J. Foyt's 1961 winning roadster around the track. You just don't know what Indy means to me, and that was, uh, that was the ultimate experience for me. He was invited to wave the green flag to start Carb Day in 2012. I didn't uh, wave it as vigorously as I probably could, but I was all caught up in the moment. And he was even inducted into the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Hall of Fame in 2019. The fact I have received the ring and the medallion and been named to the Hall of Fame is my Indy 500 win. Nothing else will ever come close to this honor. When he was diagnosed with brain cancer at the end of 2020, Bob used a few short words to eloquently encompass everything he's accomplished as a race fan, a motorsports broadcaster, and one of the legendary voices of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I have only been a race fan who got lucky, and I think that's what I will have on my tombstone because it, it's true. Bob Jenkins passing away today after his journey with brain cancer that again his diagnosis came shortly after christmas and he passed away just a little over or excuse me a little under four hours ago um we're going to talk to a couple of people who knew bob very well both as a co-worker and as a friend including when we return mike king became the chief announcer of the indianapolis motor speedway radio network following Bob Jenkins when Bob moved into the television booth. And then later, Bob came back and worked in both the pits and the turns while Mike was the chief announcer. Mike King will join us when we return, talking about Bob Jenkins on this edition of Beyond the Bricks. Team off. Hey, what a this looks like the start of this race. John Cock, then Mears, then turn two. Now Gordy pulls away a little bit as Mears gets a little squirrely in turn number two. They're on the back stretch. It's still Gordon Johncock. Mears is trying, but he's about 10 car legs behind as they streak down this 5 eighths of a mile back stretch to turn three. Less than half a lap ago. Gordy Johncock by five car legs over Rick Mears. They're in the north short shoot. Here they come. This is the final quarter lap. John Cock maintains the lead. Gordon Johncock off the fourth turn. Mears is right behind him. Johncock, Mears makes a try. Johncock wins it by less than one-tenth of a second. Gordon Johncock has won his second 500. That's how it sounded in 1982. Bob Jenkins in turn number four. Paul Page with the call of the finish between 
Rick Mears and Gordon Johncock. I know in 1992 with Alan Sir Jr. and Scott Goodyear, so much is made of that call. I have always felt that Bob Jenkins, personally speaking, I guess, that that was his greatest call because of in that moment being able to determine and paint the picture to create and illustrate the excitement without losing audible control of his voice and the clarity of what he was trying to say and having the presence of mind of introducing Paul Page as the voice of the 500 and deferring to Paul to make the final call. And, of course, that is a seat that Bob Jenkins would ultimately be move into as the chief announcer of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network when his career then took him elsewhere into television, that seat was then filled by our next guest. Again, my name is Jake Query. Mike Thompson is here as well. But it's a pleasure now to bring onto the program the man who served immediately following Bob Jenkins as the chief announcer for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network on what I know is a difficult day, Mike King. But at the same time, for those of us that knew Bob, it's somewhat of a celebratory day, too, to not only celebrate his contributions to motorsports, but I think also for those of us to be able to celebrate the fact that we, in a small way, were able to be a passenger to witness the greatness of a broadcaster and a tremendous guy. Yeah, Jake, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very odd knowing that, that Bob's not here anymore. You know, it's, um, it's just one of those strange things, you know, when, when someone dies. But I will say this, you know, I, I think back – to when Pam, his wife, was sick. And I remember having a lot of conversations with Bob, and, and of course, he spent so much time taking care of her. And you remember, you know, he was absolutely just flabbergasted by the disease and how much pain she was in, and he wanted it to be over for her. And I remember thinking, first off, how crazy it was when he was diagnosed with the same thing that killed his wife. And then I remember thinking back to those conversations that we had about how he did not want her to suffer. And so the fact that that part of it is over and he did not have to deal with that for, you know, years on end, um, for that, I'm grateful. You know, uh, losing Bob is, is one thing, but having him you know, have to kind of sit and and suffer through what is a a, a terrible disease is uh, is another. And so, at least for that, I'm happy that uh, that he and Pam uh, are uh, hopefully uh, back together and um, talking about uh, watching the race together this weekend at the Speedway. Mike, we talked a little bit earlier about you know just how he connected with the viewers and, and the, and the audience, was it really just as simple as he was, he was a race fan. He was one of us. Yeah, I, I think it was. And I think, you know, Bob uh, reminded us of that, uh, you know, at every opportunity, uh, how big a fan he was, you know, uh, how he grew up idolizing the drivers, how he grew up loving the speedway. And, you know, I, I think I can say you know, he and Donald were neck and neck when it comes to love of the Speedway. Um, but I, I don't think that anyone loved the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the Indy 500 more than Bob Jenkins. I mean, the guy really had a true love for that place and for the event. 
And uh, I, I honestly believe him every time he said that he was lucky enough to, to have gotten the job. You know, I, I believe he felt that way. Clearly, he was a, a really, you know, a great broadcaster. But in his mind, he was always the lucky race fan who, who got to, to, to be a part of, of the race. And, you know, I think Jake will agree. I, all of us kind of feel that way. But Bob was the one who, at every opportunity, reminded us of that. And right, right up till the end, that was, that was Bob. And um, so for that, uh, for a guy being able to live his dream and be synonymous with the event that, that he loved so much, uh, you got to say life well lived. You know, Mike, the thing to me that will always jump out about Bob Jenkins, Mike King is our guest, the chief announcer emeritus at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network. When I think about when I first came on and you were fortunate enough to give me an opportunity to join the radio network and one of the first races I did, there's Bob Jenkins. And I think he was calling turn two maybe that year in 2007 yeah. uh, or so. And I remember thinking to myself, well, wait a minute, this guy was the anchor and then he was on TV and he was in like a movie and, and whatever else. And and yet he's he's come back and he's and then it dawned on me. It was like the joke was on me because I thought to myself, now, why would he come back to a role that was lesser than a role that he previously held? And I thought to myself, maybe this is a lesson to all of us that he just wants to be part of it. And there was something very cool about that, but I wanted you to, to kind of expand upon how that came about that Bob returned to his home with the radio network. Yeah, he, we just had an opportunity, and he had an opening. You know, um, after he left ABC and after, you know, after, after that affiliation ended, um, he basically had an opportunity. And, you know, what's funny about that is, is I asked him in subsequent years, to come back and you know he would he would normally say the the same thing to me i don't want to take an opportunity away from somebody else you know and and so i i just remember that and of course you know then bob joined you know the the public address staff which to him was a huge deal as well because he idolized carnegie but um you know he was up in the booth uh i i had both he and paul in the booth with me for the, um, you know, during the centennial era uh, in, in 2011, when we, we hit the 100th anniversary of, of the first race. And um, we, the three of us read and an, the open together. And it was a part of that book that I'd written, I is for Indy, the world's greatest race. And Paul read a part, Bob read a part, I read a part, and that you know we we got we got into the race or out of the race that way. But I, I just remember thinking though, Jake, about about the fact that when he came back, he never wanted to be treated any different. He didn't want a big flowery introduction. He just wanted to be able to call the race, and uh, that was Bob. You know, that was Bob. He he never truly he never truly felt like. He was a big deal. Uh, he always wanted to just be considered, you know, just just another one of the guys, just another race fan. And you know, it, it was you. You kind of felt like you were insulting him if, if you if you made him into be, to being a big deal. But uh, the fans did that enough, you know. So they took care of that, you know, for Bob because he couldn't really go anywhere at the racetrack without, 
everybody yelling his name and, and, you know, wanting autographs and that sort of thing. So uh, if there's a definition of humble, <laughs> I think Bob's picture should probably be next to the word in the dictionary because he, he was truly that. That was, that certainly was not an act. Well, Mike, um, you know, I know in, in this format, you know, you and I are used to doing radio broadcasts where we've got unlimited real estate essentially because of practice sessions and whatnot when we do it. But uh, in this format, everything condensed just a little bit, and we could certainly talk for hours upon hours about Bob. But I wanted to get multiple perspectives about him. You worked as closely with him as anyone. So, um, albeit brief, I appreciate the time and the perspective tonight. And, it, of course, it's always good to talk to you and, you know, your friendship to come about through this opportunity with the radio network along along the same as mine with Bob something very important to me. So I appreciate being able to share it all in the memories with you tonight. Absolutely, Jake. And I just, you know, I I want race fans out there to remember that this guy, he absolutely lived his dream. And that was the way Bob lived his life. And uh, uh, for all of us who knew him, it, it was a great pleasure and a great honor, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to be able to talk about it for a few minutes. Appreciate it, Mike, very much. Mike King, the former chief announcer of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network. I want to also expand upon one thing that Mike had mentioned. He is correct that when Bob Jenkins' wife, Pam, back in, I believe, 2012, uh, ultimately passed from brain cancer, Bob was her caretaker until the very end, and I know it has to be difficult for the obvious reasons for uh, a guy by the name who's become a friend of mine of Scott Richards and Scott was a friend of Bob's and Bob Scott was a statistician still is a statistician that that tracks amazing statistics about IndyCar racing and in that capacity uh, befriended Bob and vice versa and Bob trusted Scott and liked being around Scott obviously and felt um, safe and comfortable with him. So when Bob knew that he was entering this journey, it was Scott that became his caretaker. And I know it's difficult because as people talk about all of the people in the lives of Bob Jenkins, I think Scott is as important, and I know to Bob was as important as any down the stretch in terms of, of the, along with Terry Lingner and Bill Durbin, the friendship that they provided to Bob until the very end. And I think it's important that those people know that that's not lost by those who loved Bob Jenkins, um, both as a man and as a broadcaster. When we come back, another who loved him very much is Mark Jaynes, the current chief announcer of the IMS Radio Network, as we continue to talk about Bob Jenkins on Beyond the Bricks. Alistair Jr. has the lead. One more turn to go. Here they come. Coming to the finish line. Bob Jenkins, who's going to win it? The checkered flag is out. Goodyear makes a move. Little Al wins by just a few tenths of a second. Perhaps the closest finish in the history of the Indianapolis 500. Al Unzer Jr. has become the first second-generation driver to win an Indianapolis 500. Al Unzer Jr. has done it. 1992, Bob Jenkins on the call for the fantastic finish. Al Unzer Jr. over Scott Goodyear. Scott Goodyear, by the way, who worked in the television booth for years with Bob will join us coming up in just uh, about 15 minutes or so as we take a look back on the legendary career of Bob Jenkins. But joining us now, he is the current chief announcer of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network and a man who I know 
thought as dearly and as deeply about his friendship and his love for Bob Jenkins as anybody you'll find. And I'm talking about Mark Janes. And Mark, as I had said earlier, the natural instinct is to say that this is a very sad day. But when you look at the totality of Bob Jenkins' life and all that he accomplished, there's also reason we can call it a day of celebration and celebrating what was a Hall of Fame broadcaster and a Hall of Fame friend. Well, we knew uh, going into the weekend uh, that, that it was uh, sadly in, inevitable. And it was, you know, a, a, a matter of, you know, hours. But uh, in, in typical Bob Jenkins fashion, uh, he didn't want to do anything to draw attention away from race day. And, um, and uh, I'm just uh, really uh, – it, it warms my heart at such a difficult time, Jake, to know that uh, uh, not only not only will there be an NTT IndyCar Series race, but there will also be a NASCAR race at, of all places, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And uh, will uh, – from from both of Bob's families who loved him dearly, that he was such a vital part of, uh, we'll, we'll all get the chance to celebrate him together this coming weekend for sure. Mark, I know how much – it means to you to be the voice of the 500, the chief announcer. When when you took over that role, I mean, there's not a lot of guys that you could talk to that have had that title. What what kind of advice did Bob give you about being the voice? Well, I mean, I leaned on him a lot. And I mean, I, I have to say I was very, very fortunate. You know, I had worked closely with Mike King for a number of years. And, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of the things that we do and the way we do them that uh, we incorporate from Mike's tenure as the anchor. And, and the same is true of, of, of Bob and even Paul and, and Lou Palmer and Sid. Um, uh, but 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 um, over the last five or six years or so, uh, uh, Bob was someone that I, I leaned on heavily. I mean, as I started to formulate ideas for the show, uh, um, you know, in, in, in late March and early April, I, I, I'd run those ideas by Bob. And then uh, once, you know, the race had, had reached a conclusion, I would, I would reach out to Bob and, um, and get his, um, his, his thoughts and opinions. And, and I talked to Donald just a, a few moments ago, in fact, and, and I told Donald, I said, well, uh, the pressure's on you now. And he said, no, really, how so? And I said, well, there were two people whose opinion of my performance as the anchor uh, meant more probably than anyone else's. And I said, it's yours and Bob. And I said, that's, that's, that's just you now. So I hope you're, you're ready for that. And, uh, and, and, and Donald was very appreciative of that. And, uh, but I mean that in all sincerity, I mean, it's, it, it's important to me that, uh, that, that Paul and, and, and Bob and, and, and Mike and, and, and Donald and certainly all of those that came before us, uh, I, I think we all feel a, a, a debt of gratitude for them for what they have done. And uh, we feel a responsibility to ensure that they're they're pleased uh, with uh, our efforts to, to carry on their legacy. But um, he became a dear friend for sure. I mean, um, uh, I, I, I think I've told Jake this story before. I mean, uh, several years ago, we met at a waterfront restaurant in Florida and um, out walks this guy that hadn't shaved in a few days with a typical Florida tan, and he was wearing a, a, an old T-shirt and a, and a pair of swimming trunks and deck shoes. And uh, and here was this motorsports broadcasting legend, and yet at that moment he was just Bob. And I don't know that I ever saw him any happier or any more comfortable than he was at, at that very moment. And, and I think his, his humility – and uh, his Hoosier roots and uh, that homespun way about him is something that he never lost touch with. And um, so many things to admire about Bob, but certainly his humility and his kindness have to be uh, near the top of the list for sure. Yeah, Mark, I guess, in, you know, in conclusion, because you and I have talked about it a lot, 
you know, I, I think I, I said earlier today, no matter what you do for a living, the two things that I guess any person should strive for would be to try to reach the pinnacle or be the best at whatever it is that they seek out to do. And then in addition to that, in doing so, to never lose sight or grasp of the person they were when they were on the very first rung. Right. And that's pretty much what Bob was, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, he, he talked about the early portions of his career. Uh, maybe not his tenure as host of Ag Day, but uh, every other aspect of his career, going back to the early days doing radio news, he talked about that with as much joy and as much reverence as he did uh, about his career in motorsports broadcasting. That uh, I'm telling you, I, 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 the world is, uh, is a little less friendly or a little less kind and a little less humble today for sure, and it's um, – it's a it's it's a sad day, but as you suggest, Jake, uh, there's plenty of reason to celebrate when you reflect upon not only his career, but certainly the man that he was. Well, I can tell you, Mark, you should certainly be thankful that my opinion of you as a broadcaster isn't something you hold dearly. <laughs> <laughs> We'd both be disappointed. Are, you know, Bob, Bob, Bob got a big kick out of all of us when he would come to the boot uh, because I have described us. We've all described it in, in its current form and. And I'm, 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 I'm pretty safe at assuming it wasn't this way 25 or 30 years ago. We still find a way to make it work, but it is the, it is the happiest, most dysfunctional group of people that you've uh, ever assembled in one place it, 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 in history, probably. And, uh, uh, but I, and, and, you know, we, we don't take each other too seriously, uh, but uh, we, we try to, to emulate those who came before us when it comes time for the on-air light to go on. And um, I, I, I think that, that Lou and Sid and, and and Bob and all of those that came before us that sadly are no longer with us, I, I trust they're smiling from above and, and, and approve what we try to do every, every month of May and with every show for that matter. Well, Mark, you've done him proud. I know that. And Thanks. he was a dear friend and a dear broadcaster. And we'll honor him best we can this weekend, but I appreciate your time and your reflection on it tonight. Guys, thanks for giving me the opportunity to do it. It means more than you know. Take care and welcome back, by the way. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Mark James, the chief announcer for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway radio network. You know, it's interesting in talking about Bob Jenkins, and I have said, you know, a couple of times tonight, and it is true, I don't know that you could find anybody who has a greater chasm between their level of accomplishment and their sense of their level. He was humble, down-to-earth, self-deprecating all the time. He was, um, quite frankly, kind of simple, and I mean that in the most loving of terms. You know, he he decided that his retirement home, this is a guy that had a house in the Caribbean and decided instead to get a house out in Crawfordsville and just simply live there because life was simple and slow there, and he could hang out and do trivia and talk about fun things. But you know, his life, Bob Jenkins, was certainly in the limelight when it came to racing. A big part of that was that 1992 finish that we just heard the call on. And then, of course, as fate would have it, he would end up becoming co-workers and sharing a booth with our next guest, who worked alongside Bob Jenkins and was part of probably Bob's most famous column, talking about Scott Goodyear, who joins us now. Scott, on what I know is a difficult evening, as I have talked about with the other two, I think it's also a night of celebration because, uh, quite frankly, when it comes down to it, Scott, how darn fortunate are we to have been able to live lives that intersected with that of Bob Jenkins? 
Uh, really am. And, you know, uh, you mentioned celebration. I think that's probably what Bob would want. And um, just the lover of motorsport and how fortunate was I to sort of fall into a position of working with him and Paul Page and all the years on uh, television and uh, a colleague and a friend. And, you know, we knew that it didn't look good, but then still when you get the news this afternoon, um, it still hits you like a ton of bricks. So it is, it's difficult, but um, you know what, what a uh, legacy he leaves behind and, and fans, uh, I think really all the way around the world. Cause he just was the voice of so much great stuff. Scott, when you think of, of Bob, you know, I think of a guy that there are very few people we could say this of, um, but but he was a guy that I can't think of anybody ever said anything bad about Bob Jenkins. I mean, he was he was beloved by everybody. And, you know, when you think of Bob, you know, do, do you have a favorite memory of working with him or a time that you just looked over and said, you know, hey, this is this is a pretty good time sitting in a booth with Bob Jenkins? Oh, you know, it's uh, I could I could fill up your whole show with uh, with memories. It's funny. Paul Page and I uh, were sitting at a Starbucks just a couple of days ago and reminiscing about our time with Bob. And um, yeah, there's so many, you know, but I think the thing that just the individual, the human being that he was, um, you're right. Never heard anybody say an ill word of Bob. Uh, They loved him for not only his work, but the person that he was. And this afternoon, when I mentioned to my wife, Leslie, of his passing, she, her first comment was, she says, what a nice gentleman. And, um, you know, can just remember the first time we went over to have dinner with them and, and Bob shared uh, his love of music and all his 45s. I mean, you went down into his basement and um, it was all corrugated, just all in the sense of all the record labels were there and the artists all through alphabetical order. I mean, just his love and passion for that was tremendous too. So, yeah, we certainly were lucky to have him uh, at the Speedway and I was very fortunate to be able to work with him. Scott, I, I had mentioned this, but it is remarkable. Scott Goodyear's our guest. One of the two things about Bob that I didn't know as a kid growing up, I say kid, but as a you know as a younger person growing up and listening to Bob Jenkins and then watching him on television, and then suddenly the the incredulous nature of the fact that even though I'm not in the same stratosphere, by design I'm a coworker, and or by label, and we're going to a race and in, in a rental car, and we have on like 50s on five and 60s on six on Sirius XM. And Scott, it was the most unbelievable thing I'd ever seen. This this guy could have literally, you take the career earnings of LeBron James, Bob Jenkins could have doubled that on Name That Tune. I mean, it was unbelievable, his musical knowledge. I think many people may not realize, Scott, that his musical knowledge might have actually surpassed his racing knowledge. Did you experience the same kind of phenomenon? Uh, absolutely. And obviously shared a ton of rental car time doing the whole thing. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then also uh, we, I worked with Bob in the IROC series. So, yeah, just a ton of rental car time. And, um, you know, it was tremendous. And let me tell you a quick rental car story. Uh, Paul and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, Pike's Peak International, we remember that event. And uh, we had a rain delay, so we were very late trying to get back to Denver International Airport. And um, as it is, you know, the last flight of the night, and the next one's not until the next day type thing. So, I was always designated driver, and Paul was the uh, co-pilot, if you will, and the one that gave us directions, and not very well, I might add, because he seemed to always get us lost <laughs> and, uh, well before, obviously, having this information on your phone. 
And Bob was always happy in the back and, uh, you know, not always wearing his seatbelt. But we are probably going higher than the speed limit by a fair amount trying to get to the Denver airport. And I said to Paul, I go, um, Paul, this is the exit. He goes, no, no, it's one more. I said, Paul, this is the exit. No, no, I'm absolutely sure it's one more. So we, the, the exit's now gone to the right. And Paul goes, damn, you're right. So I just turned the wheel, went through a little bit of a grass median. Our wheels might have come off the ground a little bit. We landed on the ramp, and then uh, the car settled down a little bit, and I hear some groaning in the back seat. <laughs> Bob did not have his seatbelt on, and he's back there sort of legs up. You know how tall Bob was. And I said, Bob, are you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Hey, I'll pull over. Don't you dare pull over. Get to the airport. I'm not staying here another day. <laughs> so <laughs> Paul and I were just reminiscing about uh, so many great stories. And uh, and one of him being up in the uh, the booth of Nazareth, Pennsylvania, and the first time we went there um, doing television and Bob being a host, the booth was so small, they put Bob outside uh, in between the two huts and just put a, a tarp over him. And we felt really, really bad. And then um, the power had gone out in our booth. So where did Paul and I end up? Outside with Bob underneath this plastic tarp, you know, just as the the weather was about ready to come in. Now, just so many great stories uh, with with Bob and just the the person that he was, um, you know, and even that day, just being out there in the cold and nasty at Nazareth, you know, never a complaint. Scott, did, did he ever, Scott Goodyear's our guest talking about Bob Jenkins, knowing Bob's probably almost uneasy nature of this because he was always very thoughtful of other people and and you know he, he himself was a man really of no ego whatsoever but the reality is scott that some of the racing calls that he had for which he's the most famous are calls that weren't necessarily going the way of scott goodyear did he ever actually make mention of that or did you guys ever rib one another about that fact well, I ripped him, <laughs> yeah, many times, <laughs> often, often, and uh, even the last time we chatted on the phone, uh, yeah, and I always say, Bob, you know, you got that call wrong, and he goes, and he would never say anything, you know, you just go, you know, I wished it maybe went the other way, and sorry to do that for you, but you know, wasn't it a great race? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Bob, it was, you know, that's sort of the way that he did it, no, I, uh, I uh, ripped him out all the time, actually, obviously, all through the working uh, time that we were together and every time else that I ever saw him or spoke to him. So, yeah, no, and actually, I have one of those, um, you know, those pictures in my basement with a little voice box on it where you push the button and it gives you uh, Bob's call. So uh, when we were working together, any time I called him, if it went to his voicemail, I would just push the button on that and let his call go onto his voicemail so he'd know exactly who it was. <laughs> hey. Scott, just a couple of minutes left here, but I wanted to ask you this. Scott Goodyear's our guest. You know, when you are a race car driver, everything goes into preparation to make sure that when the race day comes that, that every I is dotted and T is crossed. For people that, that were not fortunate or, or didn't have the pleasure to see behind the curtain with Bob Jenkins, as a broadcaster, was it your observation that he went about his business the same manner as the drivers he was talking about? Absolutely. And, you know, it was interesting for me because when I joined, obviously, preparation being a driver, yes, but getting in the television world, didn't really understand a whole lot about it. Both Paul and him were so terrific about it. But, you know, when Bob arrived at the racetrack, um, he was already prepared. Yes, he went and spoke to people in the garage area and what have you. But the interesting thing, guys, is that, you know, there wasn't a notebook. It, just like his memory, you called his memory about just listening to music and being able to pick out the 
artist, everything of that nature. I mean, just the memory that he had, the recall that he had was tremendous. And, um, and it came across so naturally, so easy. There was no pause. It just flowed like you were sitting there having conversation. And I think that's what made him one of the best that ever in the business. Scott, I know it's, you know, brief, obviously in this format, but I wanted to, you were one of the first people I thought of, um, in terms of, and I, I think people know it's fitting to have you talking about Bob Jenkins because the grace, the humility with which he went about his business, I think is something that, you know, you have a very similar approach. You worked alongside him very closely. You were on the other end of many of his calls. It was important for me to be able to, to get your thoughts on him tonight. And I certainly appreciate your time on this evening. Well, I certainly appreciate uh having a chance just to come on and share a couple of things with him. A tremendous uh, gentleman, as my wife said, uh, such a great human being, so we'll miss him. Scott, appreciate it. Scott Goodyear, again, who worked alongside uh, Bob Jenkins in a broadcasting capacity, race car driver during the career of Bob Jenkins as well. Mike Thompson, uh, final minute here. I know tonight was not necessarily the format with which we had originally intended, but we do have still a week or the rest of the week to continue with beyond the bricks, but um, what a great, great, great person that was lost today in Bob Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, I uh, absolutely loved Bob Jenkins. Uh, loved every minute I spent with him. Loved the way he he treated people. And and I wanted to mention, loved the fact that we, you know, we were able to get him in the Hall of Fame in a year where he was able to be, you know, received by his peers and honored by his peers and, and able to give a speech in front of everybody at a, at a packed audience, you know, packed house, because Bob Jenkins deserved that. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gratified to see the outpouring of love for Bob Jenkins today because he was truly, truly a special person. Bob Jenkins went into the Hall of Fame along with Dan Weldon. I know how much that meant to him. I'll never forget broadcasting at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway with Derek Schultz when we did our afternoon show together. And Bob was walking across at the end of the day, and it was the week that he was being inducted in, and I flagged him down, and very seldomly would he come on and do interviews because he was almost shy when it came to talking about himself. But he agreed that day to do it. I think in hindsight I can realize he was basically doing me a favor because that's the kind of guy he was. But he couldn't talk about going into the Hall of Fame without getting choked up because it, that, it meant that much to him. And that immortalized him, and... The bottom line is his voice will be immortalized when it comes to people talking about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Bob Jenkins passing away today in a life very well lived. We'll be back tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, and we'll talk more about the upcoming races this weekend and the history of the Speedway on Beyond the Bricks.